One of my favorite deeper dives of 2023 was the one we did with Nurse Nikki on the new mastitis protocol. We got so many great questions and comments during the deeper dive from all those who attended live. Shout out to Naomi, who told us at the end that she was going to fix all her care plans right away. Same, Naomi. Use the link in the show notes to subscribe and have monthly live access to all of our deeper dives, as well as all of our recordings going all the way back to January of 2020. You don't want to miss out on this. And we can't wait to see you at the next deeper dive. I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Hi there. Welcome to our bonus episode. This bonus episode is actually one of the first deeper dives that Annie and I did together. We're delighted to share it with you. Enjoy. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through, we have a couple of discussion questions about care plans. So Leah, what is our first question about care plans? Yeah. So we want to know from you what you feel like makes a great care plan in your perspective when you're working with your client, what feels like a great care plan to you? What are the, you know, components of it that you think, or what makes it great? Does anybody want to share? I think it needs to be general enough that it applies to at least almost all of the clients that you're going to send that care plan to. I don't know if there's an opportunity to like add more specific instructions if there's like a special circumstance, but it just needs to be like general enough and simple enough that it applies to everybody that you would give it to, I guess. Can you think of like specific example of something like that? Maybe not not necessarily you, Katina, or if somebody's hearing what Katina's saying and has a an example of what that would look like. Well, I just think like a triple feeding plan. You know, if you're doing like a finish at the breast situation, I, I actually have two separate care plans for triple feeding. And one is like a standard triple feeding plan. And then another one is a finish at the breast triple feeding plan. Because although generally we're trying to achieve the same thing, I think it's just a really different way to go about that. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're kind of looking at like, they're general, but they're not one size fits all, but you're also not reinventing the wheel every single time. Yeah. Or if you're doing triple feeding with an SNS, like that looks very different than triple feeding with a bottle Mm -hmm. for the parents. So I feel like those need to be separate care plans. I think also there's a distinction that could be made between a care plan versus a protocol. And I think sometimes people merge those two things are together. And then some people think of those things separately. So a care plan might be you know, I'm going to have you do triple feeding and I'm going to refer you to body work and I'm going to give you oral exercises. That would be the care plan. The protocol would be your triple feeding protocol, your body work, you know, kind of what you say about that. Like this is body work. There's some links about it. Here's 
some of my referral sources and then, you know, oral exercises would be specific for whatever issues that baby was having. So you'd have that as your protocol for, for that. I wonder if that helps think about like the differences between the two. So yeah, your protocols would be more generalized because you might tweak them separate a little bit, like you're describing, you know, okay, this is a finish at the breast, you know, the different ways you could come about it. You could have those all differentiated out, but but then combining those all together was what makes your care plan complete with other aspects. Like some people do, I think, and I'd love to hear what you guys do, like very personalized care plans where you're speaking directly to the person and you have like almost like a letter to them, you know, with some, you know, writing specifically to their situation and, and letting them know you're there for them and those kind of things. And then some people give very clinical, like, it's just like, here are my three protocols that I'm sending you. And let me know if you have any questions. So I think it, people approach it differently. So we were talking about like, what do you think makes a great care plan? Does anybody else want to jump in on, on that? We had some in the chat. Odelia said, have a rationale and a timeline. And by timeline, she means when patients should expect improvement, which is different from the length of the intervention. I love that distinction thinking about some of these things, like kind of staying on the triple feeding. And for those of you that don't use the term triple feeding, that means when you have a parent who is breastfeeding, supplementing outside of the breast and expressing their milk with a breast pump or with their hands. So something like that, you're like, well, you would expect to see improvement, but you need to keep going with it. Does anybody else want to share about what you think makes a great care plan? I think Janet also shared in the text about it's worded for the family using terms that would make sense to them. And I think that's so helpful to like incorporate the family in creating the care plan versus, you know, just us saying like, this is what you should do, but really pulling them in and helping them engage their intuition. Cause I think a lot of families kind of know some of the things that they need to do. And if we engage them, they really take so much ownership of it. I don't know if that's been y'all's experience, but when I have them make choices, like, well, we could go this route or this route, what seems the best to you, and they make a choice one way or the other, I feel like then they're all on board. But if I'm just like, oh, here's what you should be doing, they're like, oh, it seems so hard, or, you know, couldn't we be doing more, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it's like, that helps a lot. Anybody else have anything else you want to say about what makes a great care plan? Any other feedback? I like what Jen says too, that she loves a lot of detail, but it doesn't work for all of her clients. And that kind of goes in with what I said about wording for the family. If the family can't repeat it and understand it, then they're not going to do it. They're going to bypass what I wrote in the plan. And I really feel like that works well, especially if English isn't their first language, because German or Spanish or Somali, those aren't my first languages. So we have to kind of settle on some things that work for them that I can write in that plan so that then I can chart on it. And sometimes my shorthand speak, you know, doesn't make sense to them. So I think I, I really like that that detail thing, because I can get pretty detailed as well. Same as Jen. And then it turns into something else. So trying to keep it simple, sweetie. The the care plan is fluid, right? So it, it can change from, you know, day to day or even week to week. So it's sort of piggybacking on what you're saying. I do think that even if a situation is complicated and, and you know that from the get-go, 
they're not necessarily ready to hear all of that right away, right? Because oftentimes they're so overwhelmed. So that care plan will most likely change in, in a week and keeping it simple for them, like you're, like you're saying, even though we know that sort of phase two of that care plan will become a little more complex. But if it's too much information right away, I think it backfires and then they, you know, they feel like they're failing and you get all those texts and those calls for <laughs> follow-ups, you know, because they're nervous or they're scared or it's not working. And yeah, so I guess I'm sort of saying the same thing you are, that keeping it simple, but then also remembering that that plan will have to change for them. And like we were saying, having a timeline in there. So let them know, okay, we're going to start yeah. here and then we're going to check back in at this time. And giving them a foresight of like, and things are going to change. We're going to try some different things at that time, or we're going to add on some things if you guys are ready, or we're going to do a different referral once we're ready. They can't see that far out like we can. Right. Like we can see how this is going to go so much easier. But you know, I remember being in that place. Like all you can see is like this moment right here, and this is how it's always going to be. So we have to help carry them along that vision. <laughs> I think that's so helpful. And yeah, so... From that point, what are you guys doing as far as like right now? I know we're all virtual, so we're we're probably all digitally giving people their care plans right now. But what does your transmission of care plan look like? Is it in real time? Like the second you're typing it, it's getting to them. Is it by the end of the day? Is it you're collecting resources and making sure they have it at a certain timeline? What are you guys doing as far as care plan? And you can even talk about, you know, if you are seeing people in person, what does that look like as well? Anybody want to share what you're doing right now? So I don't hand them a care plan. If they're seeing me in person, a lot of people I know hand them a paper to go home with. And to me, that's really redundant because I always send an email and a link to their record that has that information in it. And so I tell them like, if they're coming to see me that I'll send you something by the end of the evening, because then I go home and chart and then it'll have all that stuff in it, their plan and everything. And then like, if you have any questions, make sure you call me tomorrow and we can like clarify anything you don't understand. And I'm doing the same thing with my virtual visits. I'm charting as soon as I finish with the visit and then sending them an email and the link to their profile that has all that stuff in it. I mean, I know I send, like you, I send mine electronically in that same way. Like it's all in this document that you're going to get. It's all in one place. I used to do a combo. I had ordered a bunch of brochures from Noodle Soup, I think, with positioning that I would hand out. So I would leave those behind, you know, something Mm -hmm. paper. I never left behind like written instructions, but I would leave those resources behind. Or I got the, you know, the tear sheets about paste bottle feeding and pumping. I really liked those. And those ones had copyright on them that said you can't transmit them digitally. So you weren't allowed to scan them and send them. But I had a client who was like unhappy with me. And she sent me this email it's like a couple of years ago. You know, one of those emails that you never forget where she was just like, you just stared at me. And like I was watching her baby, feed. you know, all the things. But what, like this line that I'll never forget was she said, and then you left me with these brochures that looked like you stole them from the hospital. <laughs> oh my God. 
the happy ending of that story was that I did write her back and I was like, thank you so much for sharing your feedback with me. While painful to hear, I always welcome the opportunity to reflect upon and improve my practices. would be happy to come back for a free follow-up. And she took me up on the free follow-up and oh, she was wow. so nice to me. And neither one of us ever spoke about the fact that she accused <laughs> me of stealing brochures from a hospital. Oh, wow. I like the paste bottle feeding one because it has Spanish on the back. Yeah. And that has saved me so many times that I needed, you know, like in Spanish for either the family or like the grandparent who's helping, you know, and I could give it to them right then, you know, I'm like, read this right now (laughs) while we're sitting here. And it was so helpful because it helped us, you know, get on the same page. That's so funny about the hospital thing. I have a bunch of Amish families that come up to see me. And then like, you're like, oh, you don't have email. And so then you, it would be helpful to have some brochures that you could hand them because there's not a way to get them all that. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, it definitely like the technology access is a barrier, can be a barrier if you're doing electronic care plans. Yeah. I sometimes use the La Leche League GB leaflets. They're really good, really good handouts. And I get them at conference. I, I usually do digital just, just like you, Annie. And I just send them. You know, when I was doing home visits by the end of the day, right now, right after the visit. But occasionally I do write down, especially if it's something like triple feeding or something and the parents just aren't grasping like how much supplementation or they've asked me that question three times, then I'd rather just tear off a little sheet on my legal pad and just like quickly jot it down and be like, I'll give you more specific instructions later. But just like for this feed and next feed, if you know, if you need just something written down that you have with you right now, then I'll leave that. I also had like a little template when we used to do paper charts. We had a template for our care plans when we did it all paper. And I just keep printing those off and I have a stack in my bag because I also carry like just one paper chart in my bag in case all technology hates me that day. Mm -hmm. And this has actually come in handy a few times where either the parents were not grasping or they we're having some technology, like we're not going to be able to get to email or whatever issues they were having. Uh, It's actually saved me a few times and made me feel better, like knowing for sure they had something in front of them that I left. Just make sure you take a picture of whatever you leave with them and have that in your chart as well. So just you have that documentation. I just actually finished with a client before I came on. So I'm just after sending off the care plan and it's, um, it's, I use InTQ as well. So I've I suppose I do a mix of it when I'm thinking about it. So I'm, I'm checking off the box on what we've talked about. And then I kind of add a little note into that. That's personal to what, what we talked about as well. And then I add some links in as well and send, send that on and just say, you know, we'll follow up in two days time. And I usually try and get that out within 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I make a distinction between instructions and protocols. So like instructions are like, this is what you're going to do for breastfeeding, supplementation, expression, and like your any referrals that I'm making. And that's like individual to the client. And I keep those really simple and short. And then I have protocols are kind of, I've started to think of them more like, like a magazine article. <laughs> like I kind of started with like, I'm just going to write down what I always say about this thing. Like I always say this about how, you know, how milk, milk production works. So let me just write that down. And then I added links to 
the re the articles, my favorite articles about that topic. So they're kind of getting something that is super general. Like it's just sort of like this applies to just this whole entire thing, <laughs> regardless of what specific instructions I've given you. And then here's where you can read more. And I'm feeling like the feedback from my clients has been positive that I think they like having it separate that way versus like, okay, now this is what she wants me to do. And now here's three articles about it and jumping off to read the three articles. And mm -hmm. then I think they forget to come back this way. It's like super clear of like, here's what I want you to do. Here's stuff to read at two o'clock in the morning to save you from Googling this thing. <laughs> That's a great point. When you give your cli a client a care plan, how are you following up with them? about implementation or questions they have what does that process kind of look like for you because i guess like the care plan is sort of inexplicable or inseparable inexplicable no <laughs> that should be fully explicable <laughs> inseparable <laughs> from your follow-up policies so how do those w work together what what kind of policies do you have like elizabeth had mentioned she makes a phone call the next day to check in and make sure they got Got it. I have an automated email that goes out the day after that reminds them to look in the portal for their care plan. How are you guys following up with your clients? I include a, a follow-up phone call within 48 hours. So that's just a matter of course, I always call. There's some parents who don't pick up the phone and they never call me back. And I don't feel the need to like keep after them or anything. They, they'll pick up the phone and they'll call me if they want me. But I think a lot of parents want that check-in. I did appreciate it when I was having lactation mm -hmm. issues. My only pain point with that is when the parents, like maybe things are much better and now they want to change the care, you know, they want to change the care plan now, or they want to like evolve to the next step. And I feel like that doesn't belong in that follow-up phone call that belongs in a follow-up visit, like to change the plan. And sometimes it's tricky and I haven't always been able to get around that. And so I don't know. I'm still struggling with that one. Jen is saying she does a very quick one-line email. How are things going? Just wanted to check in. And she does that in about two days if they haven't reached out to her sooner. And Odelia is saying she tells the client to contact her if they're not seeing improvement by the timeline. So she's kind of basing that follow-up on when she told the family they would see care. Eileen is also doing a phone call 24 hours and a text 48 hours to check in. So staying on top of just, you know, making sure that they are reading the care plan, that they know that you're available to them. I try to do that. Anna and I have been so lucky with all the people who have joined us on our deeper dives. When you join our monthly subscription, you get every single one of our deeper dives dating all the way back through January 2020. We're talking about Kathy Jenna, Rachel O'Brien, Nichelle Clark, Rebecca Costello, Melissa Cole, and so many more. They're all people we love learning from, and we have so many more coming down the pike. Check out the show notes to learn more and join today. On a more of an ad hoc basis, I mean, I have the automated email that goes out, but, you know, I sort of like when I'm looking at my, my calendar and, you know, prepping for visits or whatever, you know, when I'm in my charting platform, I'll see the people, I'll be like, oh yeah, I want to see how they're doing. And so I'll just send something, send a little ad hoc message. 
I find, I don't know if, if others of you take insurance. I see a lot of insurance clients who just get multiple visits. So I actually don't check in with them between visits because we're scheduling a follow-up visit before we leave. So that's the last thing that happens in a consult. When are we, I'm going to see you again in, I had somebody I saw yesterday, our follow-up is tomorrow, but it might be a week later. And I'll say, great, we'll reconnect in a week and see how things are going. And so in those cases, I actually don't check in. I don't touch, you know, give any like touch, touch points with them because I already have something in the calendar. I'm curious for those of you who do your check-ins, say, you know, 24 hours or two days later, what your workflow is for that. Do you set a reminder on your phone? Is it like, how do you ensure you are able to do that? What are you usually doing for that? I'm looking at a note from Joy. She says, she sends a quick message and then she says she uses practice better and sets tasks for them and for herself. I don't know if you're able to unmute yourself, but I'm super curious to hear a little bit more about those tasks that you're doing. You can pop in the chat if you, oh, I have a fussy toddler, but yeah, so I definitely am not always 100% about my end of the follow-up because I do trust that they, you know, if they need me that they will follow up. But I have found that since I've moved to practice better, that setting tasks is helpful. So when I write my care plan, it's sort of what you've all been saying and like the personalized stuff. And then I have resources separate. And then I have next steps. And under the next steps, like I'll have, you know, pediatrician appointment as scheduled for Monday, check in with me at your convenience after that. And so if that was the case, then I would put a task for Monday for them to check in with me. And then I would put it on my tasks for me to check in with them on Tuesday if I haven't heard from them yet. So that then they, you know, they have it sort of the reminder within the within the system that that's, you know, on them to check in. But then if I haven't heard from them, I want to reach out to them just so they know that I, you know, care about what's going on with them and that I'm there for them if they need any support. And I pretty much do all of my follow-up (laughs) check-ins through the Practice Better Secure Messaging. So I just send them a message and just say like, hey, just wondering if, you know, you have any updates or questions after your appointment yesterday. And then if they respond, we either message back and forth or schedule a follow-up. And Intake Q has the tasks feature as well. And they also have like automated tasks that you can do. So I have that set up to automate me some tasks that I always want to make sure I do. And then I'll add other tasks in if I'm like, oh yeah, I wanted to call back and see how their pediatrician appointment went or, you know, what their last weight check was or something. And especially now, I don't know about everybody else, but pandemic brain is a thing. Like pregnancy brain is a thing. I'm like pandemic brain feels like a thing because I just, my brain is not firing the way I used to be able to just remember like, oh, that person, that person. I don't know if it's like the virtual aspect of it because everything seems so redundant. I'm here in the same screen all the time. I don't know if that's it or if it's like just the stress of everything, but I'm definitely utilizing the intake queue task like a ton now. And I love the feature where you can have automated tasks created for you. So if you know, I'm always going to check in with somebody in 48 hours, but you want it to be a personalized message. I do like that where you can just like automate it and then you can just like a checkbox and it's so nice. You can click them off. (laughs) It's very nice. 
I love that. I use it also. I want them to do it the way Joy is saying they have it for practice better, which is giving tasks to the client too. That would be so cool. That would be amazing. So everybody who's on Intake Queue, please send them a support, a feature request because I think that would be so awesome. And yeah, anything that is automated is better for me in these days. I have a subcontractor who works in my practice. She has two little kids at home. Like one of them is a baby. So she doesn't work a ton, but I want to supervise what she's doing. And even with the fact that she's not carrying like a, I mean, also it's like pandemic, like nobody's carrying that heavy of a client load right now. Let's be honest, but I could never remember to go in and like, does she have a consult tomorrow? Do I need to check her for, you know, I always want to review the intake forms and give notes to her. So now I have it set up that when someone submits an intake form for her, I get a task assigned to me an intake queue that says review this client's charts. And that's super helpful because I was like, wait, when do you have a visit? What am I supposed to do? And now it's like easy. And then that's been really great. I forget where I was going with that. Oh, and then I also like by standardizing my protocols, a big, big motivation for doing a clean, the cleanup I did of my care plans, which were pretty like copy and paste. Like I I love phrase express, but it was kind of like a lot of just like do this, do that. And then I would paste it, then I would tweak it. And I really felt like I needed to standardize what I was doing because the system I had was not communicating well to her. Like she was still being like, what do we tell people for this? And I'm like, oh, because I never wrote it down. It's just in my head. And even like whatever I built in phrase express, like I was forgetting that I was adding to that every time. So I I did a lot of work for her and it was, and then it's good because I'm like, okay, now we're consistent in our messaging. Anybody else have any workflow related things they want to share about their care plan? I would love to know if you have any specific workflow that you use to ensure your care plans are done, maybe some time savers or hacks, like give us all those. (laughs) I know, you know, with Annie's intake queue, that makes it super fast, but I'd love to know if anybody else has anything else related to like efficiency or hacks or things like that, that you're using to create your care plans. Everybody looks bewildered. No, we're all just tedious, tediously clacking away at them. Yes, Jen. So, I mean, I've said this for years and it took me a long time to go paperless. I just did in January. And so for five years, I had been writing care plans, but I had said to Annie so many times, like those protocols that I have all typed up and I send those individually by email because they got too long when I would send a bunch of them. So I want people to have just look up the topic, like my triple feeding email, and it has a whole protocol. I wanted that incorporated with my care plan. So I didn't have to go and send 10, 15 emails and do a care plan. And so that's been a struggle, but I think that's probably what she's going to be talking about later. It's not hard. It's like, you know, I have it all in templates and I just click the template and send the email, but it gets tedious and I'm sick of doing that. But when you put it within the care plan, it feels super long too. So it's, it's hard. Yeah, definitely. I think maybe one other question that might be good for all of us to share is because I liked, I think maybe it was Joy that said it, you know, like she has next steps, but like if you were to break down your care plan, what's in your care plan? So it sounds like a lot of us have like brief instruction at top, you know, kind of like, what do I want you to do? What's the first thing I want you to remember? But then what does the rest of the flow of your care plan look like? I think that would be 
really interesting to hear what you're putting in your care plan and how it flows down, how the parent is going to read that. Does anybody want to share? I'll go again because I, I put everything. So what I did when I went to intake queue in January was I took everything that I typically wrote down and I put it all in the care plan so I could just like check boxes so I didn't have to rewrite everything five times. So all the standard things and then all the specific things. So my specific things in my intake queue care plan, if I don't need it for that person, like if I don't need my vasospasm section, I just delete that out mm. of the care plan. And it's worked well, but what I found is like, even when I have just check boxes, like for example, the exercises I give, like, you know, bebop boop or whatever I give, I check those, but I also want to write more every time. And I wanted to have a care plan that I could just check, check, check so I could do it quickly, but I still find that I want to write a bunch of stuff too, and it makes it too long. And so I need to like cut back on that. And it's hard for me to do. I know I really like a personalized message at the top. So I always write something personalized in the beginning. Like it was so nice to meet you and Lily today. She's so adorable. And I just love her little blonde hair, you know, like something just to connect us a little bit more. And I find that's the only thing with intake queue I'm struggling with. So I'm like, where do you put something like that? You know, so, so I made, I made a place to put it, which is beautiful about intake queue. But so anybody else? want to share kind of what you put in? How does your flow for your care plan go? Joyce posted in the comments that she has templates, links instead of attachments. She creates resource pages on her website. Anything you do or say the same way. I try to find a way to streamline the process for myself and my client. And here's a a tip. If you have G Suite for your email, you can make a Google site in G Suite that could be not public. It's not a public website. It could be just, here's where your protocols are. And, and Maria, by protocols, we're meaning like what instructions we're kind of always giving people. Like, here's what we're always saying about bottle feeding, yeah. for example. Like, so like kind of a version of a handout, but it's something that you wrote yourself. Or you could have, you know, gotten it, it could be a handout. But so you could make that on a Google site if you don't want to have it on your public website, or if you want to make videos, but you don't want them searchable on YouTube, you could put them on a Google site and have them just be available to your clients. So that's an option for creating those resource pages if you're not using something like Practice Better or Intake Q. Yeah, Maria. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard the protocols. So would you just like Prush, you were saying, creating your own, would you like brand them then with your own branding? And so then they're kind of yours you're not going to be reinventing the wheel with the information it's going to be pretty much the same information you know for paste bottle feeding you can't exactly but you're brand you're creating it for your website yeah yeah and like you know everybody has a different way they explain things you know so Mm -hmm. you might have an analogy that you use or a certain Mm -hmm. way you explain some technique or you might find with your population this one strategy of you know, whatever works better or has worked traditionally for you. And Mm so although there's 10 strategies, you explain it one way and have the things that you anecdotally have found work best for your clients. And so Mm -hmm. you make a protocol about that, like say it's plug ducks and you just know that your clients love the way you explain it, you know, like this, and they love these three strategies for clearing it. Mm -hmm. And that would become your protocol, but you wouldn't necessarily put it out into the world and say, hey, everybody, this is how you fix a plug duct. Some people do, you know, but 
it would be really just geared towards your client's use because it's your working and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so you just kind of keep a file of your own protocols and then share them with your clients when you're doing care plans. Yeah, I know. I'm always so grateful for Joy is saying I don't put anything clinical or that I've created for clients publicly, but kudos to those who do and share. Yes, thank you to everyone who creates resources for their website, like the kind that Jen Deshays, who's on here right now, she maintains the resource collection that I have through uh, paperless lactation. It's anything that you love that is in the resource collection, it's because Jen found it and she's so good at finding those links and really. People are writing great stuff. That's not everybody's skill set or desire to do that. But so I'm like, yes, like Joy, I'm super grateful for everyone who does do that because I use them all the time. Does anybody else want to share about the content of, you know, like how many people do a personalized message somewhere on their care plan? Something speaking directly to the client. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. (laughs) I always forget to... I'm so tired. I should. Natalie, who works with me, she always writes something very sweet in the instructions. And she's so, it's so caring. And when I was reviewing, I was like, oh yeah, I should do that. I probably used to do it. And it fell by the wayside probably because I don't have a box in my template that prompts me to do it. But it is such a nice touch. Really shows them that you put effort into it and attention and are thinking of them, which is what the care plan is all about. It's for them. I always tell them, this is not a prescription. This is a guide. This is a map to get you where you have told me you want to go. So one of the things that I've heard a couple of different people say, this is definitely not original to me by any stretch, that the best care plans are ones that families participate in creating. And Leah, you are the one that talks about how, like you did, you did talk about it on the podcast where you're like, oh, tell me to write that down. Or like, I'm going to write that down. I was just doing that on a virtual consult yesterday because the dad was holding the camera and the mom, of course, is latching the baby. And the dad's like, we're not writing any of this down. So they both like start panicking and the camera's like going wild. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, just tell me what you want me to write. And I'm writing it right now and it'll go with you. It'll come to you in the care plan. And they were like, oh, wow. Thank you so much. And I just make sure like throughout, I was like, okay, I'll write that down. It's like anything you want me to write down don't worry, you guys don't have to try to do that because it's even harder with the virtual because I need the the other parent, the non-birthing parent, non-breastfeeding parent to like be the camera holder. So I don't need them writing. Whereas that, they used to be the writer, you know, like write that down. <laughs> now I am. Yeah. I think, you know, about the care plan that the family creates, I think that's that's a really good point that they participate in that and that they own it. But Every once in a while you run into like where the parents aren't on the same page, where mom and dad are disagreeing about what should happen. And I remember one visit where the baby needed to be supplemented and the dad was really combative about how much or how often. And we're like, well, we could do this a few different ways. You know, I recommend this much this often, but if you want to do less more often, that's okay. We just need to make sure baby gets. And he was just really, really combative, I guess is the word. It was still while I was a student and my mentor and I kept looking at each other like... Well, that's why the care plan is also so important because it documents your recommendations, you know, and the parents in the end make the choice if they follow it, you know, but at least it documents your recommendations. And I think that would be such a hard situation to be in. I don't know that I have been in that 
exact I've situation. A similar, I've had kind of the opposite situation. This was very, very early in my private practice. And this might've even been in like the first year that I was seeing clients. And in that first year, I wasn't, I was not seeing, I was maybe doing one or one visit a week. So I was very inexperienced. And I think I always like remember it. It was such a learning moment. It was a family who I came back for the second visit with them for the follow-up. And we had had the mom was working on increasing her supply. And at some point in the consult, I think I noticed that I was talking to the dad and he and I were working out this care plan. And I remember, I will never forget looking at her and her face. She was so shut down, like just, she was gone. Like she was not, she was like, they're not, I'm not involved. Like she, maybe she was, you know, experiencing some postpartum depression. Clearly what we were talking about doing with her was not taking her input, her goals, her feelings into account at all. And I had not picked up on that. And just realizing like what a mistake that was for me to just get carried away with like, I know what to do. Here's the right thing. Here's how we fix this. And that, and I was getting feedback from her husband that, yeah, okay. Yeah, we can do that. And I was so inexperienced that I just didn't. And I'll, I'll just, I'll never forget that family because I definitely let her down by not reading her signs, reading her cues and by not having a goal oriented strategy towards coming up with the care plan. Like it was, I was just like, no, this is just what you do. You got to do it this way. I was too confident, you know, as a, a new lactation consultant, I will always feel bad for how I let her down, but I definitely like it affected me and changed how I looked at these, you know, coming up with these care plans. I think that's so valuable lessons that we learn early on <laughs> painful lessons, but we learned yeah. a lot of those early on. Does anybody have any anything closing remarks or anything else they want to say about care plans or anything else anybody wants to share? Well, it's been so great to have you guys here today on another deeper dive with us. I always love these because I feel like I get so much out of them as you guys do. You know, it's just so great to be with your colleagues and sharing how we're all making this job work for us and helping these families. So thank you guys all for joining us today. Bye, guys. Take care. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Did you know that for just $15 a month, you can join our live deeper dives and also get all of our recordings back through January of 2020? Sign up today and be part of the conversation. The magic happens when you show up.